Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs if you were doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can, how can a man be born again when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born again. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God in, unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are, you are Israel's teachers, said Jesus, and do, you not, and do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify of what we have seen. But still you people don't accept our testimony. I have spoken, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who comes from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so, so everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear his, his deeds will be exposed. But whoever believes in the truth comes into the light so that he may be seen plainly that what he has done he has, has been done through God. Please stand for the saying of our memory verse, which can be found on the screens. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, so that we have full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Please continue to stand as we say our breakthrough prayer together. Father, reach the power of the Holy Spirit. To bring spiritual breakthrough in my life, in our church, your family, and in our community. Fill us with humility, energy, and passion. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. May the name of Jesus be held in high honor. All we say and do. Amen. Please be seated. We are continuing in the series titled Engaging the Community. 
We have been exploring the ways in which Jesus engaged others through the story of Nicodemus in John 3 and the Samaritan woman in John 4. And the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4. Each of these passages provide us with a lens on how to engage others through these four ways. Jesus engaged others no matter who they were or what they had done. Jesus engaged others on their turf. Jesus was available to be engaged. And Jesus engaged others to spur them on in their own faith. This Sunday, we are going to look at the two different people who Jesus engages. The first in John 3, where Jesus engages Nicodemus the Pharisee, and the second in John 4, where Jesus engages the Samaritan woman at the well. Both of these people were very different. Well, in which ways? Well, Nicodemus is a man, and the woman at the well is, well, she's a woman. We know that this, that it was very unculturally unacceptable for a man to be talking to a woman. Nicodemus is a Jew, and she is considered a half-Jew, a Samaritan. And Jews typically didn't associate with Samaritans. Nicodemus is very educated, and she is more than likely not. He is from a very high class and is very well-respected, and she is not. His name is even mentioned in the Bible, and if you look, hers is nowhere there. So it would seem to at least most people that Nicodemus has more value than the woman at the well. Yet Jesus considers both worthy of his time and full attention. Jesus engaged people no matter what their history was, like the woman at the well. The Samaritan woman was viewed by the people around her as, un as an unworthy person because of her history married five times and living with a man that was not her husband. Jesus looked past all that and was able to see someone that was worth his time, and not only that, but needed saved. He took the time to talk to her and let her know that she is loved. Jesus engaged both the Pharisee and the woman at the well because none of the things that we use as humans to assign worth and value to each other matter at all to Jesus. No matter who you are, where you're from, or what you've done, Jesus values you. We as humans often judge people, and we use our judgments to base how we are going to interact with, with people. Yet Jesus sees everyone through his eyes of love and compassion. He sees us as precious children who need him, who need his compassion, grace, and mercy, who need redeemed even though we don't deserve it. There are millions of kids in India that roam the streets with no family or place to call home. They are ignored and looked over by the majority of people. No one talks to them or even smiles at them. They often go hungry and are beat up. These kids are treated like dirt and considered worthless and a nuisance. While we were in India on our vision trip, a couple of boys came up to us begging for money. There was a KFC across the street, so my dad went in and bought them some food. This was our effort to engage these kids and show them the love of Jesus. Even while my dad was inside, the manager came out and chased the boys away from the store. Buying them food was a simple act, and the most heartbreaking part about it was that the kids didn't even get to eat the food. The boys, took the, food the boys took the food and immediately ran across the street and gave it to their boss who was watching them the whole time. We were confused that day by what had taken place, and it was difficult, but engaging people is not always easy, yet it is always worth it. So how do we apply this to our own lives? Well, we should not care where people come from, what they've done, their status, their gender, their education level, their class, or name. The same way that Jesus did not care. After all, Jesus is our role model. He saw people through, he sees people through the, his eyes of love, and he saw everyone as someone who needed loved and redeemed, even when 
we didn't deserve it. So who are we overlooking? 1 Timothy 2, 4-6 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, that man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Jesus gave himself so that people could be saved by trusting in him. Jesus is our perfect example of how we should live our lives each day, looking for people to engage. So I challenge you this week, will you engage at least one person, even if it's just a hey, how are you, or a how can I pray for you? You might be surprised what you might find. Jesus engaged others no matter who they were or what they had done, and so should we. Thank you. Good morning. morning. (laughs) My name is Kirsten Trock, and I'm going to be talking about how Jesus engaged others on their turf. In John um, John 3, 3 through 6, it reads, So Jesus left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. So this seems like a regular Bible passage to us. We're not really surprised by it, but in this moment, this was crazy. No one would have done this in Jesus' time. So imagine if you're going from Gal- if you're leaving Galilee, uh, he was going from Judea to Galilee. So imagine if you pulled up Google Maps. Google Maps would give you two options, the really slower one and then the quicker one. Nowadays, we'd always pick the quicker one. But back then, Jews did not go to Samaria. Samaritans were not a place you would want to be. You couldn't go there because Samaritans were considered half-Jews and not worthy of like associating with. So everyone would take the long way. But Jesus, he took the short way. And he opened himself up for experiences. So not only did he go to Samaria, where he could be around Samaritans, but he also went to the well. And in my notes, when I was given this topic, the well was referred to as Kroger. And we live in Marysville. We don't have that many people. We are a good little small town. And so you know, when you're at Kroger, you see everyone. I can name off the top of my head more people than I can count on my hands that work at Kroger that are my friends. So that's what the well was. Everyone needed water, and so everyone saw everyone there. And Jesus was there at noon, the middle of the day. So it was the busiest hour of the day. And he was resting. So a Samaritan woman walked up to the well. Now this is also important because she's a woman. Men and women don't associate in Jesus' time. Jesus said, who cares? And so he asked the woman for a drink. Again, this was not like social norms. This was breaking what wasn't normal. So this is what I like to refer to as crossing the barrier. Jesus was willing to go out of his way to cross the barrier and engage with another person. So what, how can we apply this to our life? Well, for me, I went to the normal cliche of jocks and nerds in high school. And you can ask any of my friends. I'm not very athletic at all. So I fall into the latter of the groups. So talking to big football players, you know, I'm 5'3". And there's these big six-foot football players who are a lot bigger than me. 
and kind of scary. And it's hard to talk to them. It's scary. Again, I'm not that big of a person. And, but some people have to be talked to. And you need to engage the others. So that means crossing the barrier, going and engaging with people. So what does this mean for you guys? Well, I'm not an adult. I can't tell you. I haven't had the experiences you have. But one of the first ones that came to mind was people we encounter every day and people we don't. And like people who have committed crimes. And luckily, our church has an amazing prison ministry program. And so we can engage with people that way if you want to do that. Or what came to mind when I, said, when I started talking? Someone did. Go engage with them. Cross that barrier. You know Jesus would. If we all cross the barrier, Christianity would be spreading like a wildfire. So go. Cross the barrier. Engage people where they're at. On to my second point. I would like to emphasize something that has become something of normal day. Our cell phones. So when, I'm suppo- when we're engaging other people, we need to be there. We need to be able to be engaged. And I think of my family dinner and sitting around a table and talking about our days and talking about how our life's going. But whenever you go out to a restaurant anymore, you see every family member on their phone, flicking through their social media, their Instagram, their Facebook, whatever it is, missing out on time with each other. So in John 3, 2, it says, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. So I don't know about you guys, but for me, at night, I, before I go to bed, I just look through my social media, respond to some emails from my teachers. But imagine if Jesus was doing that in that passage. Oh, wait, wait a second. I just got to text 12 disciples back in our group chat. That wouldn't work. Then how would he be able to uh, help Nicodemus? Nicodemus came to him, and Jesus was engaged. And that's why it was helpful to Nicodemus. And for the woman at the well, it says, Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon, John 4, 6. Well, he was tired. He was resting. When I rest, go on my phone, respond to some text, chill out, send a selfie, whatever it is. But Jesus was there, and he went and engaged the woman. The woman didn't have to come to him, and he was available to be there. So make time for people. Put down your distractions. It might not be your phone. Maybe you're really good at that. I personally am not. So be better than me and be better than yourselves. Put down any distractions and be there for people. Make those bonds. Be engaged. Jesus would make time for you. Why can't we do the same? Thank you. Good morning. My name is Jackie Richlick, and I'm talking about how Jesus engaged others to spur them on their own faith. Jesus was able to begin a new faith in a Samaritan woman and many others by simply telling them the truth, and we are encouraged to do the same. Go out and spread your beliefs as Jesus did. John 4, 39-42 says, Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. They said to the woman, Now we believe, not just because of what you have told us, but because we have heard him ourselves, 
And now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. <laughs> when, the, oh, sorry. <laughs> the women spread the good news of Jesus Christ in her town, causing the Samaritans to believe in Christ. It is so remarkable that by Jesus talking to this woman, he was able to spur them in a new faith and cause them to believe in him. This woman did exactly what we should all do. She went and told everyone about Jesus and how amazing he is. It is sometimes hard to talk to others about our beliefs because it's scary and we don't know how they're going to react. But it's so important for us to spread the word of Jesus Christ. You may be wondering, how can I do this? Well, there's many ways to spur others into their own faith. You can start by talking to God to others and what he's done in their life. Or maybe invite a friend to church. And of course, pray for them and pray that they will find Jesus. I grew up in a Christian family and we went to church regularly. But I never truly knew what it meant to be a Christian until recently. Early this year, I went through confirmation and it was changing for me. I found the right friend group and we were able to lead each other into our own faith. But one of the most memorable lessons I've ever had was at the last night of a confirmation retreat. This lesson was on the pain Jesus went through when he was crucified. All of the medical terms from everything starting the night before when he slept, when he sweat blood to when he went into cardiac arrest and died for our sins. This lesson truly changed my faith. And I always knew that Jesus died for me, but it's truly insane to think about all of the pain he went through. It made me come to a realization that he died so we could be forgiven and spread his love. So why wouldn't we do that for him? Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and good works. You may never know who you spur into faith because of your desire to show them love and have them become disciples of Jesus. Matthew 28.19 says, Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. As children of God, we should spread the love of Jesus to everyone. Go out and spread the good news of Jesus and lead others to new faith. Jesus engaged others no matter who they were or what they had done. Also, he engaged others on their own turf. In addition, he was able to be engaged. And lastly, Jesus engaged others to spur them on a new faith. It is so important for us to do these things to others as Jesus did. I want to leave you with one question. How can you incorporate and do these things in your everyday life? Thank you. As we enter into our time of prayer, I'd like to remind you that the altar is open if you would like to come pray for a personal need or see pastor to be anointed, anointed for healing. We have two new stations for this Sunday. A new one is the slips of paper with our local schools written on them. The second are college care packages being packed this week to bless our college students. Please come up and pray over the list of names next to the box. Please take one of the slips to pray over our college students and schools in our community. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for prayer. It is a time where we can connect to you. You are a God who wants to listen and respond to our prayers. 
You care deeply for each one of us. You desire to be in relationship with every person. Draw new to us. Give us a passion to love our neighbor and engage them. Let us be a visible reminder of you. Let us be people of hope, peace, comfort, and strength to our community and world. May we reflect your glory and goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.